Yes, yes, yes. Another edition of the Total Basis Podcast. As always, I have Austin with me all the way from sunny California. Austin, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right, Felipe. How are you doing? I am great. You can tell that coffee's kicking in. You know, I think we talked about this last time that I, I, I used to like doing the podcast at night because then they'll be ready in the morning or whatever uh, the next day. But I didn't realize how, as I get older, Austin, how tired I get uh, as the night goes on. And I can really hear the lack of energy at night. But, you know, with Ca- Mr. Caffeine over here kicking in, I feel like I can run through a brick wall with my football outfit. <laughs> I don't have that yet. I'm 26 and I'm, I don't even drink. I hate coffee. I don't like the taste you, of coffee. So coffee. I don't. I hate coffee, so I don't yeah. I don't drink it, and I'm just a ball of energy. I go, like, all the time, so I don't need coffee. I would be really afraid of me on coffee. All right. I mean, you're a teacher, too. Damn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, uh, for those who are only listening, um, uh, audio only. What the hell? Who can share? Who are listening to audio only? Uh, uh, it's going to be another one of these episodes where it's going to be dominated by uh, by me sharing my spreadsheet. So in just a bit, in just a bit, I should say, I will be sharing that screen. Sorry, I got distracted with uh, with with uh, who can share the screen on the uh, Zoom account there. But let me know if you can see my screen there. Uh, it should be like a very colorful spreadsheet. Yep. 2021 best base runners. And that's what we're going to talk about really quick as uh, we're doing an homage. We continue our homage to the 2021 season that just left us. Uh, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. No one saw them coming. Although that's what another NL East team that no one saw coming out of. Yeah. Uh, they basically came out of nowhere. They were told, oh, you might as well give up. You're never going to be good. You're, 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 you suck. And they decided, no, nah, we're going to keep going, we're, which is the complete opposite of what, what's been um, encouraged across all sports Austin is like oh well if you if, if you're not one of the top tier teams you might as well just give up and start tanking for next season and get those higher draft picks right um, which is really really annoying me because uh, well that's another show for another time but the Braves they tried they went out and said no we're gonna keep going we're gonna try we lost Acuna we don't have Azuna we'll just we'll just create a new outfield right is that's basically what happened right Austin yes it is how it happened um and you know what? I really like that they use the trade deadline. I saw um, I saw a statistic the other day where um, it really highlighted how well the trade deadline can work for a team. Um, taking 2020 out, so 2019 and 2020, the last two World Series champions are the Nationals and or the Nationals in 2019 and the Braves in 2021. Mm-hmm. The Nationals were 40 and 41 at the trade deadline and ended up winning the World Series in 20 in uh 2019 and the Braves were 41 and 40 at yeah. the trade deadline. Holy moly. And made it to the and won the World Series this year. So it just goes to show you that if you pull the right moves in the trade deadline and it doesn't necessarily have to be big moves. I remember when I did the um, big trade deadline show on my podcast, I was kind of like, yeah, they got Bryce ball. Yeah. They got Eddie Rosario. Yeah. They got Jock Peterson, but whatever. Let's talk about Max Scherzer, you know? And so yeah, that was the big one. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't have to be big moves for it to have great impact later on in the season. And by Bryce ball was the guy who went to the Cubs. And I remember going on, on dong city with Henry and Vince and I go, 
Bryce Ball, whatever. This guy's a bum. And who knows? Maybe he's the, our next Anthony Rizzo. We'll, we'll see how that goes for the Chicago Cubs as I'm wearing my Cubs hat today. Um, as uh, Honestly, I, there's no preference here. I just This is the first hat I brought uh, from my hat collection. That's, oh, well, the Cubs. Before uh, the White Sox fans. So how come you're not wearing your White Sox hat? Like, shut up. White Sox fans, they're so sensitive. Anyway, this I saw uh, how you organized your hats. I saw that post. You saw that, yeah. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you need a hat organizer. (laughs) No, man, it's like just it's just another thing for me to worry about. It's great. My shoes are there. I put them on my feet, and my hat's at the very top of that shoe rack. So I put that on top of my head, and that's where all my beanies are as well. So winter's (laughs) coming. So I actually wore my beanie. I've been wearing my beanies this whole time. It's been pretty frigid here in Chicago um, the last week. Although, like I said, today, 66 degrees. So uh, we got a little heat wave going here uh, as uh, my wife and I are celebrating our wedding anniversary this weekend. And this is how I'm spending it. I'm spending it with you guys talking baseball from Maine to Louisiana. Uh, So the spreadsheet that you see in front of you is uh, an array of stats that I uh, compiled. I did this last year with Sean. I'm doing them again this year because I enjoyed, you know, I, this is this is my pastime uh, there, Austin. This is how I have fun when uh, no one's looking. So uh, we start out this is with stolen bases. Uh, what was it? Minimum 400 plate appearances and a minimum 15 stolen bases to qualify. And um, Starlin Marte led everybody in, um, in stolen bases this year, followed by a who's, you know, a who's who of base running with Merrifield at second, uh, Trey Turner finishing in third. Cedric Mullins, who kind of had uh, uh, an explosive year this year, breakout year of sorts, finally for him. Uh, Tommy Edman, Miles Straw, Jose Ramirez, Shohei Otani, Bo Bichette, and Fernando Tatis Jr. round out the top 10. Uh, were there any surprises on that first column that you see there, uh, Austin? Base running? Um, no, honestly, I don't think so. Um, I'm not really surprised at all with that. Um, Shohei Otani? He used to be a really, really bad base runner. He would make bonehead base running decisions and get thrown out a lot um, when he would get on base. And it was really frustrating as an Angel fan to watch him run around the bases as fast as he does and then get thrown out because he makes a bonehead decision or stop. I always hate that. Like, don't stop. If you're going to run, run. Like, be aggressive, you know? Be be aggressive. (laughs) But, you know, it's he's really, really improved his base running and Mm -hmm. uh, it showed there were a lot of uh, base uh, base running um, moments that he did that were really, really nice. They were really good heads up base running. So good for Shohei Otani to uh, come up and uh, really become one of the better base runners in the game. And that that's my shocker is to see Shohei Otani finish in the top 10. I know that he was uh, doing a lot of triples and stealing more bases. I didn't realize it was top 10 good, uh, which would explain how Sean won the Baseball Life Championship uh, Fantasy League this past season. So, uh, so Otani, I, I knew that he was a good power hitting left handed uh, slugger and a really good pitcher. Uh, the base running aspect of things that that one was very surprising to me. So we move well, you on. Know why he's, you know why he's getting better at base running? Cause he's getting on base more. <laughs> what a concept. And you know what? That was one of the <laughs> things I wanted to discuss, but I ran out of time here. Uh, baseball reference has a bunch of statistics uh, for base running, uh, you know, uh, running from first to home on a, on a, on a ball in play or running from first to third or scoring from second to home and that, that those types of uh, accumulated stats. 
And I wanted You'll to have see. to send me that link. I've been looking for a link. Or yeah, and, for a and, like that. and it's baseball reference, so it's kind of tricky to find that. But yeah, I, I wanted to discuss that, but we're not going to have time to do it today. But when I did this way back in 2013, as I, when I was uh, doing uh, writing articles, uh, sports articles for XNSports.com, I did one. I did a three or four part series on base running. So, you know, because that, that's what people demanded to see, right? Well, back in those, I mean, you got to think 2013 was like the, just the, the start of uh, this. The, the, it was the peak of that debate between the traditionalists and the, and the, and the, and the advanced analytics crowd. Right. And uh, so, so yeah, that, that was the, that was still a thing. So I said, okay, well, how, how important is speed or how important is it to have a speedy guy on, on your team or uh, a guy who's really good at base running or whatever. So when I looked at those stats, like from going from first to home or, or from first to third, second to home and all that stuff, or, 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 or even triples, well, triples, maybe not triples, although show you how tiny, anyway, I'm, I'm getting distracted, but yeah, the, just, if you're on first base, can you get to third or home plate is, are the main ones that I was looking at. And that list was littered with guys with very, very high on base percentages, like think Joey Votto and seven or eight other guys like him and maybe two speed burners that you would consider as, as speed burners on that list. So my conclusion was it doesn't matter if you have speed or not. What matters is that the guy that the, that the hitter gets on base and you will see that those productive base running around the diamond that everybody's always looking for half the battle is just getting on base is what I found out. And it's probably true to this day, although I haven't done that research in a very long time. But that's what I found out in 2013. And I, you know, and then, you know, the Royals did the Royals thing in 2015. And even then the Royals were like, well, well they got like two or three speed demon guys. Everybody else is hitting 20 plus home runs uh, in 2015 to win that World Series championship. So, uh, but, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that base running is not the most important thing ever. But I still like to highlight that aspect of the game because that is something that uh, is calculated in Fangraph's war. And uh, it's something that's deemed important um, as well for, with real baseball teams. Go ahead. Well, with the uh, with the 2015 Royals, the biggest moment that I think of in that in that World Series run Hosmer. is is um, Eric Hosmer's mm-hmm. um, score there. That was really really good base running. And yeah. I mean, Eric Hosmer is not quick, so yeah. you know he's not very fast. So. And that's what I was always told growing up. And that's what I preach to my kids is you don't have to be fast to be a good base runner. The, yeah. the person I always go back to that was a good base runner that I think I have not checked the stats, but visually seemed to be a good base runner and knew how to steal bases and stuff like that was Bobby Abreu. And mm-hmm. Bobby Abreu was not the fastest guy on the field, but he knew how to run the bases. He knew how to steal base. You know, he knew how to steal bags and he knew what he had to do with the speed that he did have, you know what I mean? He wasn't slow, but he wasn't, he wasn't a Billy Hamilton or a Terrence score either. So, you know, you have, you know, you you don't have to be fast to be a good first base or to be a good base runner. Well, here's Bobby Abreu, man. He stole 400 bases. So you have to have a little bit of speed there. And the metric that measures base running uh, for Fangraph's uh, war calculation he was at plus 34.9 uh, on the base running metric, which I think that's a pretty high number. Uh, yeah, he was a very, very good base runner. And even, you know, obviously stolen bases is not 
the entire metric for base running. Right. But when it comes to even uh, when it comes to stolen bases and even like running from first to third or getting, getting all the way around, you know, and scoring from first, you got to know, you got to know how to jump. You got to know your jumps and you got to get really good jumps. If you don't get really good jumps, then you're not, you're not going to score. You're not going to steal the bag. You could be Billy Hamilton and have terrible jumps and have just as much chance of getting thrown out as Albert Pujols. Right. So you got to have, you got to have good jumps. You know, the speed, the speed can make up for it. If you, you know, if you don't have as good of a jump, but I think Bobby Abreu was as as successful as a stolen baseman or as a base runner as he was because of the fact that he could get his jumps. He got really, really good jumps. Well, you know where I learned my jumps from? Uh, No, that's very good guess, but no, uh, I learned my jump from uh, Van Halen. Oh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that was good. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So I, I, while you were talking there, I did the, you know, best baseball players, according to fan graphs, base running metric that they use for their war calculation or at the fan graphs website leaderboard page. Uh, so 994 players qualified. Bobby Obreu finished 36th among 994 players with a base running metric of 34.9, losing out by a tenth of a run to Alex Rodriguez. But he's uh, about 1.4 ahead of uh, Mike Trout. Oh, well, there you go. So that's the type of um, that's the type of company that Bobby Obreu was in in terms of the base running. No, but my base running guy, who where, where I first learned that you don't have to be a fast guy to be a good base runner, you just got to be smart. My guy, and you'll love this one. I know you will. Oh, I can't wait to tell you this. I'm actually looking at you directly just to see you, the look on your face you're going to give me right now. Is none other than AJ Przinsky. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, now that I think about it, he was a good base runner for. A catcher usually, you know, it was the, not that great. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what was the best part about him. He didn't have to be on base to be a good base runner. He could just wait for the ball to hit the dirt and then start running to first base, like as if nothing was happening. <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, Austin is a big Angels fan. So, yeah. So yeah, he remembers. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a rough existence. Who was the catcher? Was it was it one of the Molina brothers or was it Josh Paul or someone? Who was? Um... Of uh, it was a game one of the uh, I mean ALCS I think my most logical guess would be it would it was a Molina brother. But yeah, I'm not, which, I'm not entirely sure. That, that's that's amazing, uh, a Molina brother who we just talked about last week, right? We we talked about how good they are defensively that they would. Uh, that's why I think it was maybe it might have been Josh Paul, but any, but uh, we could do a little bit of research of that game while we're talking here. But yeah, uh, Przinsky, 15 solo bases for his career. I mean, he's a catcher, so I guess that's okay. But on, but this this is definitely at least Bobby Abreu, your pick of Bobby Abreu. The numbers would back that up. Przinsky is all narrative based and all eye test. Przinsky ended up with a negative sixty five point four base running metric according to graphs for his Ooh, career. So that's yeah, tough. Yeah, I don't think. Let's see. Has he ever had? Has he ever been above one in any of his seasons? Nope. So nah. So, so that's the where the uh, eye test and narrative do not meet the uh, statistic expectations. But that's still my guy, though. I mean, 
uh and probably because there's a lot of hawk harrelson uh uh what do you call it um uh bias in my head not, not that i i'm biased towards hawk harrelson just the fact that hawk harrelson was the guy uh calling these games while persinski was uh with the white Sox. uh yeah that's that's the guy he would no, 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 you don't have to be a speed base speedy base runner i mean aj will tell you that he'll show you all you got to do is watch that's all you got to do is watch yep. so all you got to do is watch and you know uh i believe okay so i'm looking at baseball reference i think that was game two Benji Molina is listed as a DH that that oh, game. Oh, 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 my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. We're off to a rip-roaring start here on this uh, professionally uh, creative my podcast. Bad. And it does look like maybe it was Josh Paul. that that Because oh. the, they start, I mean, Benji Molina is your DH, and then Jose Molina is also your catcher. And then, oh, okay, so I guess Molina was pinch ran for, uh, he got a pinch runner sometime late in the game with Jeff Devannon maybe. And then Josh Paul came in as a defensive replacement, former uh, White Sox player, and also uh, uh, a local boy here in Chicago, one of the suburban Chicago area, uh, area high schools. And I think he's the one who dropped the third strike and did not tag out Przinsky. Przinsky noticed that, yeah, he got the error. He's listed as getting in the error in that game. Um, and Przinsky was able to steal first base from the Angels, and the rest is history. It was Josh Paul. Oh, well, there you go. Josh Paul was the catcher. Yeah, so you know it's an inside job, man. Former Chicago boy does good. <laughs> Next on this list is the three by five hero. So you know, as you know, uh, Austin, uh, this total basis podcast, uh, the roots come from being a fantasy baseball podcast, and then it just derives into it morphs into like other talking points that uh, involve you know thing real life things like Ag Prasinski sitting first base from these uh, Angels in two thousand five, right? So, but it's the three by five. So I got you know. Traditional five by five roto leagues. It's what? What is it? Batting average, home runs, runs, RBI, and stolen bases. All right. Well, something I always tell Sean and 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 everybody else is like I refuse to pay a premium on stolen bases. I think, personally speaking, I think you don't get your money's worth. You 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 actually lose a little bit of the other categories every time you just go s- straight to a guy who steals bases. So I don't do it that way. But but then again, I don't normally play in five by five leagues anyway it's mostly head to head in categories leagues where you can customize it and have a million categories in that so you end up looking for players who can uh, help you in multiple categories and right and that should help you but anyway long story short if you're in traditional five by five these were the stolen base guys that at least help you out in batting average and runs and trey turner ends up being number one on that list my uh, man he was in mine he was on my team so there you go uh so for those who don't know uh like I mentioned, 400 plate appearances is the minimum. 15 stolen bases is the minimum as well. So these guys that you see on this column F here, these are the guys who at least, who met those parameters. And they placed uh, in the top 10 in batting average and in runs scored. And if and just like last week, uh, Austin, if you finish first, you get 10 points. You finish second, you get nine points, so on and so forth. And uh, Trey Turner beats out Starling Marte by about, what is that, uh, Math Wiz? What is that, uh, seven, seven, seven points? Seven points, yeah. Along with Bo Bichette, who's one of the more exciting players in all of baseball right now. Uh, and then Whit Merrifield and Cedric Mullins, along with Jose Ramirez, uh, top out the uh, top five as Jose Ramirez and Cedric Mullins tied for fifth on this list. Uh, so from that list uh, there, Austin, so all the way down to, well, who's that guy? Randy Arozarena. Any shocking names that you see that you didn't expect to see in the first place here? Mm, 
Probably O'Neal is yeah, probably that's, that's the, mine. The, would be my surprise because every I mean we talked about it last week how how jacked that dude is and you talk about how he hits the ball really hard the biggest quality of him is when he hits the ball he hits it hard mm-hmm. his exit velocity is enormous but i would have never expected him to be as good of a base runner as he is um, the rest the rest of them don't really surprise me because you know they have some speed or you know they they were that guy that was the pinch runner and you know earlier in their career like the mile straws and the yeah. you know people like that so um, yeah, I think the biggest surprise for me is O'Neal. Yeah, I think, I mean, we talked about it last week, how, oh, this guy's jacked and, you know, the needles that he used must be, they must break on upon impact and all that. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I mean, that's, I, I, I always thought O'Neal as a big power, hulking power slugger, not yeah. a guy who was uh, at least stealing 15 bases to make this list. So that was pretty shocking right? Uh, to see. Now I'm kind of questioning myself, did he really steal 15 bases? Did I make a clerical error? Uh, so let's find out really quick just to remove all doubt, but Tyler O'Neill making this list. And, uh, I don't know. Do you expect him to have a season like this for next year? Uh, Austin? I don't know. I, I I've said it. I've said it. I've said it a couple times now. I've said it for mainly angels players. I said it for Otani and for Max Stassi at the, be- and at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't trust one good year. Um, I like to reserve, um, I like to reserve making superlatives like, oh, he's going to be a consistently good player um, and stuff like that for when I see multiple good seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. So Tyler O'Neill has one and <laughs> one is not a streak. So um, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to jump in and said, say that he ha- he's going to have another good season, but he's got the qualities he's got. Obviously he hits the ball hard. And usually when you hit the ball hard, that translates into hits most of the time. Right. So, you know, he could, and if he's as good of a uh, base runner as this is, uh, as this is telling me in terms of offense, he's poised to have another good season, but you never know. I've said it a couple of times on my podcast, uh, round trippers that, um, baseball if baseball were meant to be played on paper the dodgers would be winning every year yeah <laughs> but right but the the game is played on the field it's not played on paper so nobody would have ever expected the braves to win the world series you know and when you look on paper i'm starting to look at a lot of these a lot of these regular season statistics and we'll get into a statistic that i've been talking about um a lot recently um the braves aren't anywhere near the top but yet they won the World Series mm-hmm. because you and because you go out there and play it on the field. You don't play it on paper. Yeah. Well, my problem with Tyler O'Neill is that he strikes out too much. Uh, he did a strikeout percentage of thirty-one point three percent. Yeah. He, he needs to get the strikeouts down for sure. Yeah, and a swinging strike rate of sixteen percent or higher. So that that is a concern. But I mean, there's a reason why he was. Uh, thought of considerably high in St. Louis. So we'll see. St. Louis was really good about just bringing up uh, these players uh, and giving up on them, but then bringing them up again. Anyway, that's the Cardinals, whatever. So a little bit of patting myself on the back. Um, So the, I won a, I won the championship for the uh, fantasy league that um, another baseball life member, Larry started. Oh yeah. He's on the podcast right now. Yeah. What's up, Larry. Um, So, Larry uh, started a fantasy league and I started uh, and I was in it and I won the championship and three of the players that were on there were Trey Turner, 
Jose Ramirez. And then I picked up Miles Straw a few weeks into the season. Um, and I had, no, I didn't have Edmund. I had Carlson. Um, oh, but yeah, okay. three, three of those that I won the championship are on your, on your rankings here for base I mean, runners. That'll do it, man. That's how you do it. Let me, I got to ask you though, Miles Straw, where did you hear about him? You. That's damn right you did. Well, <laughs> damn right. well I, I'll give credit where credit's due. You heard it on this podcast because Sean uh, was talking, but I I checked the numbers myself, and I'm like, you know what? This is a really good player. So I'm glad. See, when you listen to this podcast, good things happen to you. Next up on the docket, power and speed combination. So that's the home runs and stolen bases, right? We're always talking about, oh, we need that power-speed combination, and everybody talks about that. But nobody really takes the time to calculate, right? So... Again, minimum 15 stolen bases, 400 minimum plate appearances. Uh, these are the guys that you see on this list right here that uh, I mean, might as well sort it so people can see what I'm doing. These are the guys that finish in the top 10 of this grouping in home runs. There's Shoei Otani at the top of the list, followed by Marcus Simeon, Fernando Tatis, Jose Ramirez, and Tyler O'Neill. You know, the who's who of, of home run hitting speed burners. And there it is. Shohei Otani is your power and speed champion. Finishing at the very top of the list with Jose Ramirez, Fernando Tatis, Cedric Mullins, and Starling Marte. So, uh, see anybody there that was shocking? What Adoles Garcia, Javier Baez? Uh, yeah, I those, think... yeah, those will be the two guys in the top fourteen, yeah. the top fifteen. Sorry, top fifteen. That kind of uh, were shocking to see that Adoles Garcia and Javier Baez finished uh, as the power speed combos uh, to qualify in this list. Adolis Garcia surprises me because I didn't think he was that good of a base runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Merrifield kind of surprises me because of the power. I didn't know he had that much power. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, wait, no, actually, uh, he did not finish in a top 10. Oh, he 10, didn't finish. There it is. But, okay. you know, he's there because of stolen bases. So Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Um, but the one that surprises me the most, I think, is Adolis Garcia. Baez on this one doesn't surprise me because he does have power and he does have speed. Um, you know, he has both of those. Um, if you go back to the first episode of my podcast, I go on this rant that <laughs> is the terrible play the, uh, that whatever what, – what did we call it? I don't remember what we called it. That play that he was with the Pirates and the first baseman, I can't even remember his name. Yeah, he's Chased gone now. Back to home plate. Yeah, he's in – he plays in Korea, I think. Korea now. Um, you know, I went on a whole rant as to how how it was bad on both Baez and that first baseman's uh, – anyway, if you want to listen to the rant, go back to the first episode. But one of the things I said was he is in the top five in terms of sprint speed for all, for all short stops. So he's got the speed to steal. So that doesn't surprise me. I have a lot of things to say about Javier Baez that are not great, but this, this metric doesn't surprise me. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's always had the pop. He's always had the power. Adolis Garcia also kind of came out of nowhere, but bias is more of the established guy, but yeah, 18 stolen bases for bias, 16 for Garcia, both of them finishing with 31 home runs. That's why they got the five points that, that they're sharing right there. Uh, and the one thing that I don't like about these guys is again, they strike out more than 30% of the time that they're up there at the plate. Uh, and they're both very impatient hitters. I mean, I've never seen this before. Uh, swinging strike we thought Tyler O'Neill's high 16% swinging strike rate was high Javier Baez finished with 21.7% that has to be a first for me I don't think I've ever seen that before uh, a guy finishing above 20% who qualifies 
and Adoles Garcia finishes above 17%. Uh, they both make awful contact, and uh, they're both very free swinging hitters. So, could you imagine how great a player Javier Baez would be if he would just watch a pitch every once in a while? Uh, that's another topic for another time but i mean part part of the allure to javier Baez is that he has ridiculous uh physical hit tools and attributes and all that uh the things i'm just if you're a scout it just it just uh what do you call it um they just they attract you to it and that is part of the allure but yeah from a technical standpoint and this is something that the cubs just couldn't figure out how to fix yeah he he just frustrates people uh in terms of the batting eye and the plate discipline or lack thereof uh moving on to the triples there we talked about how Shoyo Otani finished in the at well he finished first there i although now i'm, I'm kind of questioning this list too i wonder what happened no he finished in first i was at the game where he hit two triples and two consecutive at bats to take the lead to take the lead for triples so i believe otani is the lead it was the league leader in triples Okay, because when I when I sorted it not too long ago, it looked like he finished. It was like a three way tie uh, between Brian Reynolds, David Peralta, and Shohei Otani. So, all oh, right, fifteen stolen bases. Right, those other guys did not steal that many bases. Okay, I, I'm overthinking it, but yeah, one of the names that are surprising to see, Akil Badu, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised because he was had that reputation of being pretty fast. Uh, Gary Hampson taking advantage of that uh, big ginormous ballpark in. Um, in, in Colorado, uh, Jazz Chisholm f- finishes just finishes just inside the top ten, and then Robbie Grossman is a big surprise there, uh, getting one point for the one, uh, the triple that uh, for finishing in the top ten, along with Isaiah Kiner Falefa and David Fletcher. So how does this translate? So I have a speed demons uh, category, and this is uh, what is it? Runs plus stolen bases plus triples. Again, if you finish in the top ten within those categories and you got the 450 plate appearances and the 15 stolen base minimums, you uh, you qualify for this list as well. And sure enough, Shoyo Tani, number one. So Shoyo Tani just racking up uh, all the categories. You can't even say that he's just a power-slugging uh, hitter who happens to qualify here. I mean, he's getting the triples as well. So yeah. uh, I mean, Jose- he can run, oh. and he really has focused on his base running because he knew going into this season that that was on top of the fact that he didn't get on base as much. Was that was his downfall? Was when he was on base, his base running blunders really hurt the Angels. So, yeah, infinite. And just for those who can't see, uh, to round out the top eight uh, on this list, these are, these are guys who finished with a, with more than 10 points. It's Shoyo Tani, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, Ozzy Albies, Whit Merrifield, Bo Bichette, Fernando Tatis, and Starling Marte. I mean, it's a who's who of, of uh, really good, young, speedy hitters who can hit with pop and power and authority. So uh, now we move can on to talk the... Talk about someone who just finished, at, who finished just out of the top 10 in that. I did not know who Nikki Lopez was until last week <laughs> when we started talking about, you know, good fielders and he yeah. was up top for shortstops and here he is again for base runners. And I'm like, who is Nikki Lopez? Like all year long, I have never heard of this guy's name. And now he's showing up in the leaderboards everywhere. Oh, Sean loves himself. Some Nikki Lopez. I mean, Sean has this, uh, I think it's because it matches who he is as a person, but Sean loves these diminutive middle infielders. 
uh, who can just <laughs> slap the ball around. I mean, I've noticed that about him just working with him the last couple of years. But yeah, his big, uh, his big guys. I mean, the big right? No, the the, the guys he like brags and and is like he lights up. You can see it in his face. Are guys like uh, Jeff McNeil, David Fletcher. Nick Madrigal. I mean, he, for heaven's sake, he named his fantasy team after Nick Madrigal. Uh, and yeah, uh, who's the other guy that he really loves? Nicky Lopez. Those I will th- say I love I love David Fletcher, but I'm yeah, also I, an Angel fan. I know you do. So. I know I, I know that's a that's part of it. But uh, uh, but at any rate, th- th- I mean, those are like his guys. Those are the guys that he likes. And I'm like, nah, I'm OK. I don't need that in my life. i just want to i just want a second baseman who can hit for some pop that's all i want not these guys not these little rodents who are just gonna burrow the ball into up the middle for no reason anyway i digress uh ubr okay so let me get to the advanced metrics this is these are the two statistics we did not talk about last year i figure we bring in uh bring it back this year uh ultimate base running is a fangrass metric that measures um base running overall base running uh, and this all, all the stuff that we talked about. Can he can he get the extra base? Can he score from second or first? Or uh, is he making good, smart base running um, plays out there? That's what ultimate base running is supposed to measure. So let's take a look. And number one on the list is Tim Anderson, followed by Fernando Tatis, Elvis Andrews, Ozzy Albies, and our guy and your guy, Sean's guy, Nicky Lopez. Oh, and Josh Roja, Rojas, another one of Sean's favorite players from this past year rounding out the top five. So with all that being said on this list of going down to JTO real Muto, anybody that kind of shocks you making the top 10 on this UBR ranking. Um, probably. I mean, I'm think I would guess Andrews. Um, but I think that's just cause you don't see him on any other leaderboards anywhere else. So I would have, I wouldn't have expected Andrews to be on this leaderboard, but you know, I, I, I know he's got some speed and he has been a good base runner in the past, but I think it's just cause you're, I'm not used to seeing Elvis Andrews on any leaderboards anymore. <laughs> well, he had, I don't we will see. This might've been it for Elvis Andrews in terms of being a productive baseball, regular starter. Right. So we'll see. I mean, uh, but there, there were, I mean, he, I know in fantasy circles, he was pretty um, useful and then he got hurt, and yeah. that's all you heard from him. That you didn't, you didn't hear from him ever again. Uh, weighted stolen base. I think that's the fan graphs metric that uh, measures how effective you are as a base dealer. Does that stolen base amount to anything? Does it lead to anything? I guess is what they're trying to do here. So Sterling Marte stole a lot of bases this past year. Yeah, number one in stolen bases this past year. He's number one in weighted stolen bases. So the stolen bases that Sterling Marte stole, they were done with a purpose in mind. So good for him. The top five rounds out with Whit Merrifield, Bo Bichette, Trey Turner, Nick Lopez, and Tommy Edmond tied for fifth. Um, let me see. So, I mean, it's, I mean, you're looking at this list. I, I'm at Rosario rounds out the top ten. But everybody else on this list here, Austin, they're basically, it's basically the same guys we've been talking about. Uh, it's a who's who of base running. I think Ahmed Rosario kind of uh, surprises me a little bit. But we know he's pretty fast. He just doesn't right. get a lot of playing time because he's not a very good hitter. Right. And I can already hear the Mets fans uh, complaining about me saying that. So <laughs> with all that being said, Sean, uh, I keep calling you Sean for some reason. I'm sorry about that. Uh, old habits are hard to kill here. It's all uh, right. That's not the worst thing I've been called. So we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the worst thing I can think of is calling you David Fletcher. Uh, no, adv- so when you add... Ask- <laughs> 
No, I'm Cole Calhoun. You got, oh, you got right, 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 right. I forgot about that. Yeah. For those who don't know what Austin looks like, he looks like Cole Calhoun. Are you left-handed as well? I am not. Oh, damn. That would have been awesome. I probably don't have as good of a glove as Cole Calhoun either. But really, who does, though? Who does? Maybe maybe Trojan. Maybe. <laughs> Durex. Uh, so advanced metrics. Uh, this is a this is basically UBR that your 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 UBR uh, points total plus your weighted stolen base point total. And once again, Starling Marte steals the show with 14 points, getting our another yet another uh, stolen base uh, base running uh, category here. So between him and Shohei Otani, uh, they really stole the show. <laughs> but um, and for those who are curious to see what the what these rankings look like, uh, you can check. And you're only listening to audio only. You can check our YouTube page, uh, and check out the rest of these figures there. Uh, so let's move on to who. Ooh, that's really tiny. Let's make this a little bit bigger. I'm still waiting for Vince to provide his all base running team, but I went with JT Real Muto, Freddie Freeman. Whit Merrifield at second base, Trey Turner at short, Jose Ramirez at third, Starling Marte at uh, Cedric Mullins, and Shoyo Tani in the outfield, just so I can fit in my guy, my favorite player on the Blue Jays, one of my favorite players on the Blue Jays, Bo Bichetti. That's what I like to call him. I like to call him Bo Bichetti, just to kind of distinguish him apart from his dad. And Austin, go ahead and list your players. So basically what I did here to figure out – see. I think we talked about it in private. My methodology is still kind of evolving since mm-hmm. I've got a podcast. My methodology is continuing to evolve. Yeah. So how I looked at this was essentially, I kind of took a page out of your book and I looked at rankings for each position. Yeah. So I looked at um, UBR. I, I looked at weighted ground grounding into double plays, weighted stolen bases, and then just stolen bases. And I gave them all points based on who was, who was, um, who was ranked within all of that. And then I totaled it all up to gi- to give me my rankings. So for catching um, at the top is JT Real Muto. So I have JT Real Muto up there. Um, and then number, oh, and then the other thing I took into consideration was uh, playing time. Mm. So the amount of playing time that they have, it, you know, they're, they're, there's a threshold for me where it's like, I, you didn't play enough for, for me to give you that award. Um, because, and that's what I had to do with first baseman because Paul Goldschmidt is number two, but in terms of the rankings, the uh, Jace Peterson is actually higher. He's actually oh, wow. the highest out of the rankings that I have. Um, but I went with Paul Goldschmidt for first base. Uh, second base was Ozzy Albies. Um, these stats are really starting to change my opinion of Ozzy Albies. Not that I thought Ozzy Albies was bad, but I didn't think he was as good as some of these metrics are saying that he is. But he's showing up on more and more stuff. We saw him on um, our defensive show last week, and now we're seeing him on base running this week. So, you know, starting to change my opinion a little bit on Ozzy Albies. Uh, shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, he had 100 less plate appearances and the guy underneath him is Trey Turner. But I think that I think my opinion with Fernando Tatis Jr. is he did a lot of damage at the plate with a hundred less plate appearances. So I think that separates Fernando Tatis Jr. from somebody like Jace Peterson for me. Yeah. Um, third base, uh, Chris Bryant just edges out Jose Ramirez. Um, and then in the outfield, I have uh, Starling Marte, Cedric Mullins, and Miles Straw. And then for my utility guy, 
um, you will, uh, I think you'll appreciate this because it is your guy. Um, basically what I did was I took all of the rest of those, um, guys and I took basically who was the highest ranking out of the rest of them. And the highest ranking out of the rest of them was your guy, Dalton Varsho. Wow. Well, I mean, apparently Sean's guy too. He has him at a catcher just trying to see if there's any like, uh, uh, consensus here. I see JT Romuto a lot. That's the catcher. Freddie Freeman at first base. Uh, I'm the only one, the lone wolf who picked Whit Merrifield. Everybody else has Tommy Edmund and Ozzy Albies. Uh, Trey Turner seems to be a popular choice at shortstop. Jose Ramirez, uh, although Melvin going with Jonathan VR. Holy crap. That's that's interesting. I, that, I kind of want to know. Yeah. Chris, uh, you can ask him tomorrow. Uh, Chris Taylor. <laughs> Chris Taylor. Uh, that's that's a shocker coming from Henry. He also picked Chris Bryant as well. But Stanley Marte shows up on everybody's list. Like I said, I'm still waiting, kind of waiting for Vince. But I'll, I will share this in the Baseball Life Facebook group when the time comes and a little bit Tim Locastro. So a little bit of stack cast uh, uh, love here from Henry as uh, Locastro is one of the uh, fastest guys in all of baseball. Only question I have for him is, is that really how you spell his name? Cause now I'm, I'm not sure. So uh, in, in my rankings, Chris Taylor is fourth among outfielders, but it is so Starling Marte, Cedric Mullins and Miles straw blew everybody else out of the water. Yeah. And then Chris Taylor was the next guy. So uh, Miles Straw, who was third, was double the amount of Chris Taylor, who is the next guy. So um, I could see why they put Chris Taylor there, but I had the other four. Um, yeah, I had those other three way better than Chris Taylor. All right, let's move on. Just trying to fix this. There you go. Here it is. The best hitters of 2021 this is this is our main event for the uh morning i guess so what i did was i took four cat this is what i did last year too i, did, I took four advanced stats categories from fan graphs that's woba which is weighted on base percentage uh i'm sorry weighted on base average uh wrc plus which is weighted runs created plus that's the uh if you're above 100 you're good if you're below 100 you're really bad based on league uh based on the, the rest of the league uh, players offensive runs above uh, replacement which is the offensive metric that is used for fangraphs's war calculation wrc plus is like wrc plus but this is the accumulated version of wrc plus this is where it comes from so where wrc plus is uh trying to figure out how you are compared to the rest of the league wrc is just like it just all it does is gobble up uh the the, the data for that given season and uh, it just accumulates. So as you could, the method to the madness is we have a couple of rate stats kind of here for WOBA and WRC plus. And then we have two cumulative stats of advanced uh, metrics uh, notoriety. And uh, that is supposed to give us a balance. But as you can see from this list, uh, they're awesome. So who's who? I mean, there, there's really no doubt. There's no surprises here. There's no like, well, the advanced metrics are stupid because they're the, the, the this just analytics are anal or whatever. But I mean, it's Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Vladimir Guerrero, Fernando Tatis, Jesse Winker, Shohei Otani, Kyle Schwarber. You ever hear about these guys? Oh, we, no, I don't know who any of those guys are. Joey Votto, Nick Castellanos, Aaron Judge finishing out in the top 10 here. I mean, that's that's those are that's, those are your Woba leaders right there. Uh, and as you can see, Bryce Harper finishing first in both uh, rate stack categories. So that's the Woba and the WRC plus. But again, it's the same guys. Vladimir Guerrero, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Shohei Otani. Blah, 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 blah. 
So no surprises. And then you get to the cumulative stats, and then you see uh, Trey Turner making making his first appearance. Matt Olson, Brian Reynolds making an appearance. Brian Reynolds had a really good season this past year. I just I just don't know if I can trust him for the remainder of uh, for 2022. But I don't know, but he really helped me with my fantasy. So yeah, I mean 2021, that's going to be his breakout year. But can he continue doing that? We shall see. I mean, he's always had decent hit tools, but you know he plays for the Pirates. That's a bad thing, and uh, we don't know uh, who the real Brian Reynolds is as of right now in terms of major league uh, talent, but we can make assumptions, but we shall see. And then WRC. So, uh, so what was it? Oh yeah. So we mentioned Brian Reynolds, Matt Olson, and uh, anybody else, Austin Riley showing up at the very last minute on this list in a WRC plus rounding out the top 10 and I'm sorry, not WRC plus just WRC weighted runs created. Austin Riley showing up in the top 10 at the very last minute. Uh, I almost didn't have a third baseman on this list. <laughs> So that's kind of shocker to not see a third baseman in the top 10 of any of these categories, considering some of the third basemen that are out there uh, in baseball right now. Yeah. But so, do you think this, do you think this is really starting to show a shift again in how, um, in how positions are fielded again, because it used to be your power hitters, your big bats were your first baseman and your third baseman. But now you're starting to see more of the power bats, your better hitters, as an outfielder, and not so yeah. much. And your third baseman is more a defensive type specialist that hat that can hit the ball hard. Well, from a fantasy perspective, outfield has always been very deep. In the, usually, the top five guys were guys like Acuna and Trout. Although, shoot, if you've drafted Acuna and Trout this past year, you're you're feeling kind of. Uh, disappointed and wondering what where it all went wrong mookie bets you know guys like that bro um who else was in the top five I think if i had mike trout and ronald acuna i would have been stoked and then i would have quit fantasy <laughs> well i mean kristen yelich that was my guy kristen yelich for a long yeah. time he, he he was a he was supposed to be a top five top six top seven draft pick so but that's how deep the outfield is i mean you, you still have juan soto you still got bryce harper uh, Shohei Otani eventually did qualify in the outfield in certain leagues. Uh, Brian Reynolds came out of nowhere. Aaron Judge is still productive as ever. I mean, let's take a look how this top 10 rounds out uh, overall. So when you accumulate all these statistics, that's the big number you get. You get Bryce Harper, Juan Soto. Let's let's take a look here. I'm just going to highlight all the uh, all the outfielders that I see here. I, I'll put Otani in that list. Jesse Winker, Aaron Judge, Brian Reynolds. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, for better or for worse, is technically an outfielder. Kyle Tucker, Nick Castellanos. So let's see. How many outfielders is that? That's uh, nine outfielders uh, on this top 18 list. Yeah, I mean, that's that's I think that's the shift we're starting to see in baseball is your better hitter. I mean, outfield was always deep. But when you talk about, you know, perennial power hitters, usually you talk first, first base or third base usually. And then, you know, you have, you have some outfielders that are really good, but most of your really good top of the line hitters now are in the outfield or they've converted to the outfield because of their bat. Yeah. And I think with third base, it's, it's more of a shift towards more defensive uh, oriented players. Not that third base is still a weak hitting position, but I mean, this, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in just a little bit. Matter of fact, let's get to it right now. So uh, since I Austin Riley finishing in 
as the only guy. Oh, let me make this bigger. So this was a last minute addition to my rankings. I, I didn't do this last year for individual positions, but Austin, the fact that Austin Riley was the only player to show up on that top 18 list I just showed you just had me curious. And, and, and really what it boiled down to was these, these three players right here, Austin Riley, Jose Ramirez, or Rafael Devers. Wait a minute. Did Jose Ramirez finish on this? Oh, oops. I didn't see that. But yeah, you can see Austin Riley finished just with two barely. points. Yeah. So Austin Riley finished with two points and Jose Ramirez just barely finished with one point. Therefore, last I checked, two beats one all the time. Austin Riley is the better third baseman, right? According to these uh, metrics. But yeah, it was these three guys. And, and, and then the rest of them were just a, a mismatch of, uh, of a third baseman who had all types of issues that I, I can't remember what, what those issues were at this point. But I remember one of those guys being uh, Justin Turner. And I'm like, okay. All right, I'm not, he's not making the list. Yeah, and in 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 the Silver Slugger finalist, he's a second baseman. I'm like, how what? did he get Silver Slugger for second base? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it, but he's a finalist for second base. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So uh, over at Fangraphs, so it was uh, for let's just say for example, Woba weighted on base average because I don't know. Let's just use that. Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez finishing the top three. And then, and, and they all finish above 370. So Woba's supposed to look like a batting average. Those three guys finish above 370. And then it, it drops down to uh, below 360 right away with Justin Turner, Chris Bryant, Josh Donaldson, Manny Machado, Juan Mancada, Jaime Candelario, Luis Urias rounding out the top 10. And then Nolan Arado at number 11. And we all know what happened to him. But yeah, this, this position doesn't look as strong as before. Where, where I could honestly make a case that third base for fantasy circles was 20 deep and this year it, it that was not the case this past season it, it seems like if you didn't have these top, these three guys i have on the screen here uh you were kind of scrambling around looking for any consistency out of that position so i'm left wondering if 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 there's like a shift like you mentioned where real teams are like no we need our third baseman to be mobile agile and guys that could feel their positions and uh i mean chris Bryan, yeah he qualifies at third base but he mostly uh he also plays in the outfield as well. And as far as first base goes, I think that's part of the, part of the reason is um, there's a shift to, uh, well, number one is there's a shift that, well, anybody can play first base, right? Anyone yeah. can play first base. And then there's also a shift to where uh, I think that there's a shift where you're, um, you're trying to get more athletic guys in there. Not, not, not athletics like in Matt Olson, but just more athletic, athletically looking uh, players at first base for whatever reason. And maybe that's part of the reason that they're not um, showing up like these power slugging hitters, like, like, like the, um, like the outfielders. And he, I mean, here's the wall ball list for first baseman, Vladimir Guerrero, not just was the only player finishing over for hundred, but he demolished the competition. So in Woba, Vladimir Guerrero finished at 419. Second place was Joey Votto at 391. That's a, that's a huge difference. It's it's a it's a position that Vladimir Guerrero has dominated now this past season, followed by C.J. Crone, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Matt Olson, Paul Goldschmidt, Yuli Gurriel, Pete Alonso, and Jarrett Walsh. So I don't know, man. It just it doesn't look as strong as as in years past at, at first base either. So the the other thing that I was thinking was you talked about how Chris Bryant plays third, but he also plays the outfield. I think. You know, another thing that you you could see is you you there are so many players now that can play more than one position, yeah. and usually they can either play 
all of the outfield positions or they can play all of the infield positions. I mean, you, you talk about David Fletcher and Nicky Lopez. If you look at all of these guys and you start looking at their baseball reference page and, and you look at what position they're listed under, usually you see like three positions, two or three positions. And usually one of them is third base. So the other thing that I may be thinking is maybe it's just, it's these infield utility players playing third base, but it's never the same people playing third base. Austin Riley, Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers. Those are really the three that I can think of that consistently played third yep. base besides Josh Donaldson. And even, like Austin, even Austin Riley, uh, I don't know about this year, but I know in years past he's, he was uh, sent to the outfield left field mostly as well in years past. Yeah. So, uh, so it, like, just like Chris Bryan corner outfielder. Uh, here's another name for you. Luis Urias. He came up as a shortstop. And then he plays second base, and then he settled at third base this year. He qualifies yeah. at third base on the Fangraphs list. Uh, Eduardo Escobar could play second base as well. Ryan McMahon could play second, first, third, maybe some outfield, I think, I believe. I don't remember. Uh, Yandy Diaz is a corner infielder, first base or third base. And then Joey Wendell, which is, <laughs> that guy plays everywhere. And yeah. he finished within the top 20 in terms of Woba at third base. But, I mean, it was a low Woba, but still finishing out in the top 20. So I think that's – you. you I think we're we're onto something here. We'll see if that's the route that baseball wants to continue. But um, you would think that with everybody playing an extreme shift, or maybe that's why they play an extreme shift because they want their third baseman to cover more ground than what they're used to. I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah. But you would think that with an extreme shift that third baseman could still be that lead-footed, power-hitting sluggers that we all have in mind. But I guess that's not the case. So yeah, good question there. Uh, I th- yeah, I didn't even think about you know <laughs> evaluating the position in these in this manner. So we'll see. Because I'm I, like I said, I'm still stuck in fantasy where there's like it was a boatload of really good third basemen in the last couple of seasons. But after seeing the numbers, we might have to rethink and reimagine the way uh, we 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 consider that um, position among fantasy circles. Uh, well, it really- would be really hard to field a third base position now because there's only three. So you know. Yeah. Uh, really quick. Uh, so finishing in the top two among the best hitters in 2021, Vladimir Guerrero, Bryce Harper, uh, uh, at second Juan Soto, Shohei Otani finishing with 22 points. So, uh, the top three guys, Guerrero, Harper, Soto garnered 30 plus points in my rankings. And then Otani finishes a distant fourth, uh, inching ahead of Fernando Tatis and then Jesse Winker making a surprise appearance in the top 10, finishing sixth overall followed by Matt Olson. Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, and Freddie Freeman. Um, any surprises in the top 10 here on this list there, Austin? Probably the biggest surprise is Winker. Yeah, right. Um, other yeah. than that, I mean, you're looking at the who's who of offense. Yep. Um, and then Jesse Winker thrown in there. I mean, I'm surprised Jesse Winker is higher than his former teammate, Nick Castellanos. Yep. I would have thought Castellanos would have been higher than Winker. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, and I traded Winker away in my fan in one of the fantasy leagues because I I had him. He did really well, and then I thought uh, he can't last for that long. He's going to falter, and somebody really really wanted him, and I needed pitching, so I traded him away. It looks like he stayed the course. I'm really surprised. Uh, what was going to tell you? What was going to tell you? Um. Oh yeah. So I mean, maybe. You were kind of uh, 
redeemed there because Winker got hurt late in the year. I mean, I had him in yeah. all my in seemingly seemingly in all my fantasy leagues, and that's what sucked about him was that he got hurt really late, and he was having a really good season. Otherwise, he probably would have garnered points in the cumulative stats in the accumulated stats here. But yeah. he, he's there because he got those rate stats up and running, and Castellanos got what seventh place in in Woba, I believe. Yeah. So. But yeah, Winker was off to a great start. I mean, we talked about Brian Reynolds having a breakout year. Winker, I mean, this is the guy we always knew he had it in him, and he finally yeah. showcased, and then he got hurt. So, but yeah, who he knows? Had a, he, he had a great start. I mean, he, he was saving my fantasy seasons, but who knows what would have happened had he stayed healthy and, and if he would have been able to get some points on the cumulative stats and maybe move up, maybe even threaten Shohei Otani, and maybe maybe have people rethink how they're uh, viewing the MVP for this season. But one thing for sure there, Austin, is where are the catchers? There are no catchers here. Don't worry, fam. I got gotcha. you. Oh, I got to make this bigger. Hold on. I know when the hopping blink. That kid only. <laughs> I love my colors, bro. I love my colors. Uh, here's a top 10 list among catchers for the same statistics because no catcher finished in the top 18 of, of that previous list. So I had to make my own spreadsheet for the catchers, as always, just like I did last year, where Salvador Perez was the uh, you, uh, was the unanimous winner, I guess, from what I remember. But this year, you had a little bit of a challenge with Buster Posey finishing ahead of him on these and these hitting stats, despite the fact that Salvador Perez had a monster year this past year. Uh, it did not translate to these hitting stats that are supposed to encompass like. All, product, all production that a hitter is able to produce uh, in a given season. But, yeah, Will Smith had a wonderful year. He finished his third. I mean, it, it was a lot closer than people think in terms of these metrics. So with 37 points, Buster Posey finishes in first. Salvador Perez with 36 points. Will Smith with 35. And then Tyler Stevenson, who Sean was bragging about all year long in the second half, finishes fourth on this list with 25 points, followed by JT Romuto with 24. Wilson Contreras with 23. And then Omar Narvaez, Gary Sanchez, Sean Murphy, Jacob Stallings, rounding out the top 10. Um, what do you make of this list there, Austin? I, I think this is my tribute to Buster Posey for, for a second. What a way to ride off into the sunset. Exactly. Like there, there are not very many players that will go out on top like Buster Posey did. And Buster Posey, I mean, there, there's, there's talk out there that Buster Posey had – somewhat of an overrated career and Joe Maurer is better than Buster Posey and blah, yeah. blah, 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 whatever. But the point is, I don't give a crap what you think. Buster <laughs> Posey, in my opinion, was a fantastic catcher, had a great, fantastic um, um, career as a catcher. And just, I wouldn't have expected anything different than for Buster Posey to ride into the sunset on top. So congratulations on a fantastic career, Buster Posey. And thanks for the memories. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Fallout boy. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> he was uh, one of my favorite catchers to watch my same. two favorite catchers to watch of recent times in terms of being behind the plate and, you know, in Buster Posey's case at the plate as well is Buster Posey and Yadier Molina. Those are the two catchers that I really, really enjoy watching behind the plate. And so, you know, it's, it's so weird because I'm getting to that age now where I'm starting to see players and their entire career. 
So I saw Buster Posey as a rookie and then go all the way through his career. And so, you know, it's really nice to see just an an entire person's career and actually, um, Oh, AJ's not on here. I thought AJ was on here. It's actually Manny. Um, And yeah, I, I don't know. Buster Posey was one of my favorite people to watch and I'm really glad that he was able to go out on top. Yeah, um, I was kind of shocked to see him beat out Salvador Perez because he Perez had a really good year. Yes. A, a majestic year. I mean, I, I don't think what we – who knows if we're ever going to see that ever again um, from a catcher. But I thought the same thing. Wow, what a way to finish out your career that you still show that you're one of the best-hitting catchers. And maybe, uh, according to this list in front of you, you did finish as the best hitting catcher in 2021, your final season. Uh, and you made the, and you helped your team make the playoffs and you, like you, it was a great way to write off the sunset. So, but I know that traditional fans will say, Oh, well, come on, you're gonna, you're gonna um, not give it to uh, Salvador Perez as the best hitting catcher of 2021. I mean, the, all the traditional numbers, all the counting stats show that Salvador Perez blows everybody else of that position out of the water. But Posey was no slouch, man. He he really did come through this year. I uh, just want to point out Manny, Manny Hernandez. Uh, good morning to you, sir. Uh, pointing out that Matt Chapman had a really bad hitting year. Yeah, that was a name. I was kind of looking yeah. everywhere. Where is Matt Chapman? And then I remember, oh, right. He was awful this year. Yeah. Remember when we talked about it midseason and I said one of the biggest disappointments was Matt Chapman simply because I had him on my fantasy team and I benched him a lot. But it, he was one of those players I could not – get rid of him because he was Matt Chapman. You kept thinking sooner or later, he's going to change. He's going to figure it out. And he never did figure it out. He had a really bad hitting season this year. Yeah. We were just kind of waiting all year long. I mean, Hey, this is okay. This is going to be the week that Chapman's going to turn things around. He's too good of a hitter. His stat cast numbers are still showing that he's a really good hitter. He's hitting the ball with authority and it just, it didn't happen for whatever. Brandon Lau was the other one. And I finally got rid of him because he made me, he made me really mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the guy that'll piss you off every single time. I mean, yeah, he, he's another guy who has, like, all the sexy, uh, what do you call it, the sexy uh, uh, counting stats. Yeah. And, and I, But, unfortunately, he also, I believe he strikes out like a, a, a bunch of times. He, he strikes a, out a lot. Yeah, so that's going to that's gonna make you pull your hair out. Yeah. Um, uh, so, with all that being said, it's now time to look at the podcast list who the dog city, the Melvins of the world, who do we, so, so I'm still waiting on, on, on the other guys. Cause I just, I just uh, shared this with them. So they, the, the list isn't uh, filled out all the way through, but Austin and I, we do have our list up and running for this show. And uh, there it is. Buster Posey based on the, on the, uh, on the chart. I just shared this one right here. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Buster Posey as he rides off into the sunset. And as my number one catcher, you went with JT Real Muto. So no Salvador Perez love from you either, huh? No. So you ready? This I, I did something completely different. So this, I, I told you guys, you, you guys are probably not going to like my, my list because, um, so I have been talking to another baseball life member by the name of uh, Jonathan. And um, Jonathan uh, he and I have been talking quite a bit at um, privately and he pretty much created um, or he came up with his own statistic that actually measures 
different facets of offense. So he's measured. So they measure the, um, they met, they measure their small ball ability, their ability to hit small ball, which focuses on walks, um, singles and, um, a combination of, uh, stolen bases and sacrifice hits. You have the middle ball, which is basically, it focuses on walks, singles and doubles. And then you have the big ball average, which, which focuses on extra base hits, RBIs and walks, right? Cause they have, they have to have the ability to get on base. And then basically they, he did what, what is called the harmonic average. He takes That's the right. harmonic average of those data points. And then he created those numbers. And then he takes the harmonic averages of those harmonic averages and he creates an all ball number, right? And, and an all ball number is basically encompassing the best all around players Mm -hmm. and it's really, or best all around offensive players. And it's really, really interesting to watch these numbers because he's done an all time list and he's released out on, out on Twitter and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it shows the, the, the main reason why he did this is because he was trying to figure out where specifically Ricky Henderson he didn't think Ricky Henderson was getting as much love as he needed to be. And according to the all ball statistic, Ricky Henderson is the 19th best player all time in terms of all around offense. Right. So, and these, this statistic is starting to get some attention. Um, You've got, um, Oh, you've got Bob Kendrick, who is the president of the Negro league uh, baseball museum. And then, um, um, Howard, oh, what's Bryant? Howard Bryant, who was part of uh, Ken Burns' baseball Mm -hmm. documentary, and he's part of Once Upon a Time in Queens. He's actually writing a book about about Ricky Henderson, and you know he's starting to use Jonathan in footnotes and stuff like that. So I decided to give this a crack and try it for the 2021 season in terms of who was the best all-around offensive player because when I think of offense I think of best all around like you have to be able to play small ball middle ball and big ball you have to be able to do it all right so yes catching the best all-around hitter in terms of the all-ball statistic was JT Real Muto wow all right I mean hey you just got to give me a methodology man if that's the way you want to go to you want to stick to your guns with that that's fine man I mean I, I have a bigger problem with Paul Goldschmidt being your first baseman. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero is my AL MVP, as I highlighted in green. Uh, but you went with Paul Goldschmidt. Why? Paul Goldschmidt, again, all ball, all the way around. Now, I think I, I think that was one of the biggest ones, biggest omissions. I fully expected to see Vladimir Guerrero at the top. The problem is Vladimir Guerrero's small ball number is really low. Okay, his walks and his um, sacrifice hits and his stolen bases and things like that. He does not play small ball very well. Now, in terms of middle ball, he's kind of in the middle or kind of closer to the top, but somewhere in the middle. Big ball, he's at the top, right? Mm-hmm. He's right. He's right up at the top, if not at the top, right? But his small ball number drags him down, and it drags him down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't have Vladimir Guerrero. Um, but Paul Goldschmidt in terms of, uh, the all ball number is, uh, what is that? 12th in all of the qualified hitters, which is, 
uh, out of a sample size of 188 hitters, Paul Goldschmidt is 12th. Oh, wow. That's, that's why I put, um, Paul Goldschmidt as my first base pick. All right. Well, I mean, like I said, if you're, if you're willing to stick with that methodology, that's fine. But he, let's let's face it, Goldschmidt did have a, a bounce back year. We, everybody thought he was done, but 31 home runs, 12 stolen bases, still one of the more prolific stolen base guys uh, in that position. A great base runner for – I mean, he's a great stolen base guy for, for a first baseman. No, you had it right. He's a great base runner too, a 2.3 base running metric. Uh, with, so is Freddie Freeman though. Um, but um, no, I mean, it, 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 people thought he was done, and he – pretty much help uh, the Cardinals uh, win the NL Central. He made Nolan Arenado look good because he was always on base, so Arenado could just just put the ball in play and, and is able to uh, drive in Goldschmidt. And if you see if you see uh, Arenado's uh, 2021 like batted ball data, he's just basically trying to drive the ball in the air and, and hope that something good happens. And And that's all he's doing. I mean, that's why he was so bad this year, but the thing that saves him is that he was able to, uh, well, first of all, get a lot of playing time and he more playing time means that he gets to, uh, pad those stats, the home runs, the RBI, the run scored, and that makes uh, those numbers look good. But from a percentage standpoint, from a slash line standpoint, well, he was awful, but thank God for Paul Goldschmidt though. Cause he was always there when he needed him the most. So yeah, okay. was able to take advantage of that. Uh, so we, for we, this, for this statistic, this methodology that I have the next best first baseman, Manny, you'll like this one, Matt Olson. Oh, wow. So you can't even say that. Uh, well, it, it, this this harmonic average only uh, favors people with small ball tendencies. Uh, Matt Olson, I don't think he's a small ball guy. He's a big hulking power mass of, of slug right there, beating out Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in that uh, statistic as well. That's pretty amazing. Yep. Uh, moving on, second baseman, I got Marcus Simeon. You got Whit Merrifield. Uh, obviously, that's a small ball. That has to do something with the the fact that small ball is a, is in favor here, right? Uh, I have a feeling that is what it is there. I mean, this spreadsheet is huge, um, but let's see Whit Merrifield in terms of his small ball statistic is second in all of the MLB just behind. I mean, just a, a 10th of a point behind mile straw yeah. um, in terms of middle ball. You've got um, Whit Merrifield is yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Whitmerfield in terms of middle ball is uh, 18th, mm-hmm. and and then uh, big ball. I'm sure he's nowhere close, but um, but yeah, the fact that he's up there in terms of small ball and middle ball really drives drives him up into the best all around second baseman for um, for this statistic. Uh, moving on to shortstop, we we're at consensus here. We both got Fernando Tatis Jr. And uh, moving on to third base, as we showed in the other, it was either Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, or Jose Ramirez. I got Austin Riley just based on the metrics that I was using. You went with Jose Ramirez, which honestly, you can't go wrong with either or. Uh, really, Jose, Jose Ramirez, in terms of the t- statistic that I did, number one. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised there. Uh, we both have Bryce Harper as our National League MVP. Cedric Mullins with a breakout year as one of your outfielders, Juan Soto. And I got to show you a tiny because I, I think he did play some outfield this year. And if not, I'm using my uh, podcast privileges to put him in there at outfield. <laughs> uh, and then you got Robbie Grossman. And now I understand why he's there. Is it because of the harmonic average that favors? It is ball? because of the harmonic averages. So um, number one in the all ball was 
Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Number two, Cedric Mullins. Mm-hmm. Number three, Bryce Harper. And then Robbie Grossman finished sixth. Oh, my God. Wow. So mm. something cooking out there in Detroit, maybe. Hey, people want fundamentals. They want small ball. They want more contact. They want more balls in play. We we just have to create more Robbie Grossmans in this world. So for, as far as the hard, as far as the hard data, like the traditional sense, twenty three home runs, twenty stolen bases, very good plate discipline uh, this year with the Tigers. At thirty one years old, Grossman uh, is. Uh, he did lack a little bit of power, but I mean, and the batting average was awful. But three fifty seven on base percentage, you'll you'll take that from anybody. Uh, as far as the advanced metrics go, only a 337 Woba, which is okay, but not it's not a world-beating statistic. And he was uh, above, he was at 114 WRC plus, so that means he was 14% better than league average. Um, let's see what else. Very, like I said, very patient hitter. Only swung at 19% of swings outside the strike zone, which is ludicrous to me. I know it's Robbie Grossman. I know he's like an Oakland A's uh, product of sorts. I, or, or in Astros, I believe he's the Astros, but I know he played with the A's. But yeah, two analytically driven um, organizations there who preach about you know being patient, limiting your strikeouts, and all that. And then the, when you look at the Statcast data, I mean, you, it's exit velocity of eighty-seven point eight miles an hour, so that's pretty low. But that's why he made it because he's—I don't want to use this term, but yeah, but punching Judy hitters, man. That sounds like that that whatever uh, harmonic average is calculating there, they tend to. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, favor those, for lack of a better term, punch and Judy hitters. So, well, I oh. don't know. Let's let's look at the top fifteen here. Top fifteen, you got mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez, Cedric yeah. Mullins, Bryce Harper, uh, Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. um, which is why I have him as my utility hitter there. Uh, and then Whit Merrifield, Robbie Grossman, mm-hmm. um, and then Manny Machado right after that. Yeah. Marcus Simeon right underneath Manny Machado. Fernando Tatis Jr. And then rounding out the top 10 is Ozzy Albies. 11th is Trey Turner. Yeah. Um, 12th is Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, 13th, Miles Straw. 14th, Matt Olson. 15th, Randy Rosarena. What a list, man. That is an interesting list. And then Robbie Grossman just sticks out like a sore thumb. But it, it, he has to move. He had to be assisted heavily by that small ball metric. So uh, from a harmonic average. I mean, that's the only way. Otherwise, there's no way he makes the top 15, which... People are wondering, where are we going to get these uh, balls in play? Where are we going to get this small ball tendencies? Where are we going to get the, those uh, fundamental hitters of, from, from, from 1967? Uh, there it is. Robbie Grossman's your guy. And he literally is playing with the, with the Tigers who won the championship in 67. No, uh, 68? Somewhere yeah. around there. So Robbie Grossman is sixth. 1968, in, yeah. In, in all ball. Uh, Robbie Grossman in, let's see, is he anywhere in mid ball? I don't see him in mid ball. Okay. But, I mean, obviously he's on he's on the list, but he's yeah. not on the list that I'm seeing right now. And then big ball, I'm not sure if he's on there either, but small ball. I would be so shocked if he is, though. Small ball, he is sixth. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Robbie Grossman. Yeah, I don't I don't see him on the I mean, I could scroll down, but I don't really want to. Oh, there he is. He's 35th in in oh, big Jesus. Ball. Top 35 though. That's pretty decent. That's Top pretty good. 35 yeah. in big ball. So, so uh, what would he do? Really, now I'm really interested to see where he's at in mid ball. Uh middle ball. Oh, wow. He's yeah, I can't find him, but I'm scrolling really fast, so I might have missed him. Well, the fact that he's on your list, that shows... Uh, oh, there he is, 57th. 
oh wow that's that's a lot lower than i expected but hey but the fact that he's on the list just shows that what harmonic average can do to evaluate players as well um but yeah 68 was the year that the tigers won 67 the cardinals beat the red Sox that season so but yeah tigers it all goes back to the tigers so i i just want i can only imagine what robbie grossman can do when he plays in a hitter friendly ballpark because uh, Oakland, even Houston, has gotten some flack for not being that uh, hitter-friendly ballpark. Well, I should take that back because depending on depending on, uh, on on what technology they're using, it could be a very hitter-friendly ballpark. Ask the Dodgers. <laughs> ask ask uh, all those scrub pitchers that everybody felt sorry for. Um, the other thing about the – oh, well, I had something to say. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention the 2017 Astros when you were talking about trade deadline. Uh, yeah, that was a big move that they made in the August 31st deadline, right? Was acquiring Justin Verlander. Yes. And uh, at the last minute, at the literally. very last minute. And I remember 2017 Astros players were complaining to the front office. Hey, show us that you believe in us by getting a big name. Let's go. We, we, we need we need help for the for the championship run. And Justin Verlander uh, proved to be the big difference maker, along with the technology that they were using, the buzzers, the cameras, the laptops, the garbage cans, all that. Matt Olson, I was just telling uh, my guy Manuel, Manuel that uh, it was either him at my utility spot or Jesse Winker. And I went, even though Winker finished ahead in my uh, in my spreadsheet for the best hitters, I went with Matt Olson for the simple fact that Matt Olson actually played the entirety of the year, unlike Jesse Winker. So, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I could have gone wrong. And then you picked Shohei Otani not only as your utility spot guy, but also as your AL MVP, mm-hmm. which uh, for those who don't know, I am a firm believer that MVP is for hitters only. Cy Young is for pitchers only. And that just makes my life easier. I am a firm believer that they should just change the name to MVP to just best hitter of the year and just forget this MVP nonsense. Cause it's really hard. It's really hard to gauge. It's it, baseball nowadays is so specialized. Like, it, 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 yeah, you, I just, I don't see it. I mean, pitchers only pitch and the DH is going to come. So they're going to be, uh, what, what's that word I'm looking for? Obsolete in terms of being uh, all around players anyway, pretty soon in major league baseball. So I just don't see a point to it, but yeah. So, but yeah, I have Guerrero as my AL MVP, Austin as Shoyo Tani, and then we both have Bryce Harper. I have a feeling that the rest of these guys are going to go with a combination of Bryce Harper and Otani or Guerrero as well. But I think Otani yeah. might edge, according to these other guys right here, Sean, Vince, Henry, Melvin, they might, you, uh, by, by process of voting, they might select Shohei Otani as their AL MVP. All right, let's quickly move on to ah yes. Uh, do you have that? Uh, can you send me that link? I forgot to. Oh, uh, the link. I I have it up. I forgot to send it. Uh, two seconds. Yeah. Um, while I'm doing that, um, do you want to know who's last in terms of the all ball? Sure, go ahead. Go, uh, so this will let uh, this will make Vince happy. Uh, Gary Sanchez. Mm. Gary Sanchez is well, last. That's, well, that sucks for me. There's a reason why I didn't win the championship uh, in the Baseball Life Fantasy League. Um, I just sent it to you. Oh, thank you. All right. So let's see who these uh, wonderful writers decided to nominate this year. And uh, let's go uh, American League at first base. The nominees are Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Yuli Gurriel, and Matt Olson. Hey, guys, if you're listening still, feel free to make your predictions for your Silver Slugger uh award recipient so starting at first base who do you have winning the silver slugger at first base of those three names out of those three it's obvious it's obviously going to be guerrero oh yeah uh 
uh, you could say that he may not get MVP, but come on, if he doesn't win this one, I don't know. I mean, from a from a statistical standpoint, from a narrative standpoint, this was the year of Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, excuse me, at second base, Marcus Simeon, Jose Altuve, and DJ LeMahieu, along with Jorge Polanco. Wow, four nominees. Who is the choice here? Who the hell put DJ LeMahieu as a finalist? It's like, a if it's the he, baseball writers, you know how those Yankee writers can be biased and stuff. So he had a league average season. Like who? <laughs> why? I was so I was. Anyway, my that's pick. The writers for you, man. My pick would be Simeon. All right. So so far, unanimous votes. We're we're in agreement here. Third base: Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez, and Kyle Seager. Who's your guy? Uh, I believe I'm trying to find my spreadsheet because I did. Oh, I oh, oh did. so again, this is who we think the writers are going to go with. Not the one, not the guys we would vote for. Right. Uh, oh, uh, that's what we did last time too. We went with the guys who the writers might pick as a winner here. So, so that's what we're base or for shortstop third base. Uh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Ramirez. Yeah. I think that's going to be who the writers unanimously pick as well. Uh, although if, if I had a vote, I'd vote for Rafael Devers cause he helped me in my fantasy league. So I'm selfish <laughs> that way. Uh, shortstop, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Tim Anderson, or Bo Bichette? Oh, that one's tough. Um, I'm thinking Correa. All right. So far, not we, we are in acquiescence. And the outfield, they did not split it this time around. So let me fix that. Remember for the gold glove, they they split the, the, the position into three parts. They did not yeah. do that here. So, and uh, this is Way Sorry. to be consistent, MLB. Uh, well, you know, gold gloves is a defensive award, blah, blah, blah. All right, so, well, we got to pick three here. Cedric Mullins, Teoscar Hernandez, Aaron Judge, Kyle Tucker, Mitch Hanniger, Lourdes Gurriel, Hunter Renfro, and Randy Arozarena. Oh, wow. Okay, so we, we got to think like writers. We got to, we're fat, we're lousy, we're lazy, we're stupid. We're, I'm just joking, guys, come on. <laughs> um, Aaron Judge. Okay. Kyle Tucker. Ooh, I like that. And Mullins. Yeah, there you go. I, you know what? I might just agree with you here. I might just agree with you. Let me just double check. So yeah, Cedric Mullins is one for sure. Uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, I'm. Oh, Randy Arozarena. Randy Arozarena. They do love. Uh, they do. They love, love Randy Arozarena, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they'll go Tucker. I really do. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just. Just so we can do something different, I'm gonna go that. I think this might be the one right here. This might be the one where they're gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, we gotta vote for sunrise. We have that's to." Gonna, that's what you call him. I was like, I know it's something to do with rice. <laughs> yeah, because we we established that sunrise sounds better than than rice sand. So yeah, at DH, Shohei Otani, Jordan Alvarez, Giancarlo Stanton, Joey Gallo, Nelson Cruz. Why do we need so many nominees? Yeah, Come yeah on, guys. I mean, you only need one. Well, I mean, Jordan Alvarez had a really good season, but yeah, you're. But, but he wasn't mentioned not once in any of these spreadsheets I created for this show. No. So, Shohei Otani is your DH. Uh, at catcher, Salvador Perez. Oops. Salvador Perez, Mike Zunino, Gary Sanchez. Why is Gary Sanchez here? <laughs> because he's a Yankee. That, that's, um, now you're learning, man. Now you're learning. Salvador Perez. Yeah. So these are pretty cut and dry in terms of the writers. I like my list better than the writer's list, honestly, but that's I'm, not that I'm biased or anything. Let's start with catcher here in National League. I got Buster Posey, Will Smith, JT Realmuta, and Omar Narvaez. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's got to be Posey. 
All right. First base, Freddie Freeman, Joey Votto, Paul Goldschmidt, Max Muncy. I honestly think they're going to vote for Freddie Freeman. I, I don't know. I think they'll vote for Freeman because he's liked. Very likable, yeah. I mean, he had a good season. Um, but me personally, I would not I would not give him the silver slugger. I would give it to Goldschmidt in that group. But you, Yes, you would. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, I think he's – I think he, because he's well-liked. All right. Um, what are we doing here? Ah, uh, second base. Ozzy Albies, Jonathan India, Jake Cornerworth, Justin Turner. Uh, it's Ozzy Albies. Yeah, it's got to be Albies. I mean, the only other thing that I can think of is they pick India for the story. but yeah. And uh, they also pick India as a superpower as well. Uh, <laughs> I love geography jokes, man. I can't help it. At uh, shortstop, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., Brandon Crawford, Trey Turner, or Willie Adamas. Who are the writers voting for? Tatis. This is becoming a very bland uh, exercise. I don't even know why we we're bothering doing this, but I uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I honestly like my list, the list that you and I created over these. Yeah, see, so so bland, just like like British cooking or something. Uh, <laughs> at third base, Austin Riley, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, and Patrick Wisdom. I swear to God, if Nolan Arenado wins this goddamn award, I am gonna scream and wake up the baby. <laughs> yeah I, I think it's austin riley i wanted to joke and say patrick wisdom but patrick wisdom teeth i don't think so <laughs> so austin riley is our unanimous choice here well so we've gone straight vanilla and chalk here now it gets interesting juan soto for outfield nick castellanos bryce harper brian reynolds adam duvall jesse winker tyler o'neill um, I'm just going to start typing here. So um, the obvious choices are Juan Soto, Bryce yeah, Harper. I mean, Juan Soto and Bryce Harper. Um, give me the other ones again. Uh, Nick Castellanos, Brian Reynolds, Adam Duvall, Jesse Winker, or Tyler O'Neill. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Brian Reynolds. Oh, some pirates love by the writers. Okay. You're a brave man. I like it. Where is it? Brian Reynolds. All right. I was I was thinking either Castellanos or Reynolds. I'm thinking they'll give it to Reynolds. Now it gets really fun here. Uh, Herman Marquez, Max Fried, Jacob DeGrummer, Madison Bumgarner as your pitcher. I can't wait for the DH to arrive to the NL so we can stop pretending like this is something that matters. <laughs> I'm thinking Freed. That's what I'm thinking, too. But I, mean, I think it's a competition between free. Uh, I don't know. They like Bumgarner, so they may they may consider Bumgarner. But I'm thinking it's a competition between Marquez and Freed, or they DeGrom. may. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Degrom because everybody loves Degrom, even though he only played half the season. And that's gonna hurt him, uh, along with his elbow and form. But that's gonna hurt him too. Uh, is the fact that he didn't play the entirety of the year. But yeah. like you said, people love Degrom. Yeah. Uh, for one thing's for sure, Herman Marquez is not getting this because the course field effect. He's going to get penalized for that, right? <sighs> Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Who cares? And <laughs> Bumgarner, I think. Uh, no. I, the more I, I, I just talk myself into voting for Max Fried as well. So there you go. This is how we think the writers are going to go with uh, for these awards. Pretty and much the same. I believe. Oh, we've we've made it. Awesome. We made it. There's my baby. And- Hello. So we made it, bro. Thank you so much for, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, entertaining me on this one, uh, kind of uh, going through this list. We still have to talk about pitchers and rookies and in future episodes, hoping to get those done sometime this week, if not before next Sunday. Uh, go ahead and plug your show one more time there, Austin. 
So my show is the Round Trippers podcast, uh, and you can find me on Spotify and Google Podcasts and probably pretty much anywhere you are listening to uh, podcasts. Um, I'm also on Twitter at round underscore trippers. Um, and yeah, we got a couple... I got a couple things lined up for the next couple of weeks. Um, tomorrow, um, I'm going to be on with uh, Melvin. And yeah. Then I will next the week after that. I, I will be on with Jonathan, the the gentleman that I uh, mentioned earlier uh, in this episode. So we've got some good good things coming up uh, for the off season. And yeah, Round Trippers podcast. If you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and check it out. All right. Uh, and oh, you can, sh- can I plug one more thing? Just go ahead, bud. So um, I'm part of the pop culture life. Uh, yes. The pop culture life um, events we got going on over there. We're going to be starting a podcast where we are debating the greatest winter holiday movie of all time. Um, we are recording this on Sunday. So the podcast is actually going to start tonight. We have a 32 movie March Madness style bracket of all of all all kinds of holiday movies, and we're going to debate over which is going to be the greatest winter holiday movie of all time. So, go ahead and check that out. I think it. And if you're listening to this and are not part of any of the life groups, join Baseball Life and join Pop Culture Life and tune in to us um, live for all of that debate. So, wait, I'm, not, I'm just double checking. You're going to be on tonight as well, right? You said. I will not be on the podcast okay. tonight. I, I didn't see your name. That's why I'm asking. No, it'll be Vince, uh, Vince and Jake. But That's I right. will be, I will be on the other episodes. I'm gonna be kind of like a a, a producer that kind of chimes in and gives fun facts and witty remarks and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm uh, the my part of the show is I'm I'm running the bracket. So um, I'm gonna run the bracket and um, keep track of the votes and all of that stuff. All right. Well. Like uh, Austin mentioned, we do have other podcasts. We do have other, uh, sorry, we do have other life groups, you know, football life, uh, basketball life, all those other sports ventures. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. We do have other podcasts, uh, you know, the Dong Cities of the World, the Step Back, the Foot, uh, the Audible. Um, but yeah, check us out. Be sure to subscribe, like, if you're listening to audio only. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Please subscribe, like, share, uh, leave a review if, if it allows you to. We're also on Stitcher. Google Podcasts, all the major podcast platforms. And if you like to see the visuals uh, of the spreadsheets, you can either tune in live uh, at the moment. It's going to be Sunday mornings, or you can go to our YouTube page and check out the spreadsheets there. For Austin, I am Felipe. We will see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one.